When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Freedom. Freedom? Well, sign away my freedom. Why, this is ridiculous. Don't be corny, brother. <laughs> sure, our system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away for some imported double talk, Let's turn the clock back a few years to see what it's done for us. With your host, Mike Paul. So, stores have recently been dropping their mask mandates, but they're still saying that it's highly recommended because stores, now that some places are dropping the mandates, no store wants to be the last store that absolutely requires it because then they know that half of their consumers are going to go elsewhere and they're going to lose business. There's finally market forces at work. And... um but they're also trying to pander to the the mask warriors. So you have this weird middle ground where you walk in and instead of saying masks are required at the store, it says masks are strongly encouraged for non-vaccinated persons. And what that actually means, I guess, it depends on the area you live in. So we're in Illinois, northern Illinois, and I went to uh, Walmart the day after it was lifted and I, I hate Walmart. I'll be honest. I hate dealing with the clientele in Walmart. They're terrible, but convenience factor with it being a minute and a half away from my house. I need napkins. I'm just stopping in and getting some napkins, but you have to make your way through the, the mouth breathing people, which it's hard to tell with the masks on, but they definitely still are breathing through their mouths. But anyway, I go in there and let's say I see a hundred people in Walmart. I see one other guy that doesn't have a mask on. And I gave him the nod, like a little grin and a nod. And he kind of like laughed back. And um, it is, it's bizarre to me. It proves that it really is the security blanket. It's the non nod. It's the thunder jacket that you get for dogs where people, they, they don't want to give them up. You know, uh, Mike and I's grandpa, he had a hernia for decades. I think like 30 years, he had a hernia, um, like abdominal hernia. And he when he was in his seventies had a, an unrelated surgery, but while they were in there, they went in and fixed the hernia and his whole life that I remember him, he wore this brace around his back because it like supported it and kept his core like together, whatever. And like when he had the hernia fixed, he didn't have to wear it anymore, but he was terrified to take it off because he thought that like his, his midsection was going to fall apart. And it took some time for him to realize that he, he could take this thing off and he'd be all right. And I think what we're going to see is the same thing with the masks. Like people are, they, they don't feel like, even if they've had it or they've had the vaccine, it's just, it's that security issue that oh, yeah. they're going to hang on to it. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's very similar. So the day it got lifted, I was talking to our father and he reminded me that when I was born, I was a C-section and my hips were dislocated. And back in 1990, the remedy and might still be the same remedy was that they put you in a harness. And I think for the first like six to eight weeks of my life, I had to wear a harness. And even after my hips were fine and relocated, uh, they would try to give me a bath and I would scream incoherently and shake when they took it off. So they had to keep putting on me, even though I was fine. And I was talking to my dad after the, the mask thing got lifted. He goes, the last time I saw this was you when you were an infant, <laughs> like not wanting to take off your brace. And I was like, oh, well, well, thanks for reminding me of that when I had no control over that. But uh, yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's a comfort. It's a, I feel safe. This is the only way I've known. And I'm afraid of the unknown. It's true. It is true. They, it's just a, it's a virtue signal too. People like to think that they're doing something. It's the same way when people put those like blank black squares on Instagram, even though they live in, you know, an all white neighborhood and only go to Walmart on the nice side of town. It's the same thing. I, you know, there's no message behind it. It's all symbolic. And everywhere that they had these uh, mask mandates, once they were put into effect, COVID cases spiked. Probably because people thought they were invincible and could do what they wanted. And it, it just goes to show, like, if they were so effective, why did they spike, like, literally everywhere they were implemented? Yeah. Everything, everything about all of this is backwards. And so one of the things that's really been bugging me is, like, so now they're on the Fauci's backpedaling because he's all of a sudden after Rand Paul calls him out about gain of function research in Wuhan, all of a sudden they're like, well, it's possible. But remember in March and April of 2020, if you said that you were called a conspiracy theorist and your accounts were deleted, zero hedge. I mean, you know, financial reporters, their account got deleted from Twitter for publishing a story with two wit uh, witnesses that said that this came from a lab and their, their Twitter account is still banned today. So yeah, there's no, what, there's what no changed? reconciliation. Even if you're right, right. even if you're right about something, it, yeah, yeah. Like you said, you're a conspiracy theorist yesterday and today you're just ignored. That's it. All this stuff is every single one of these events since March of 2020 has just ended up proving people that were considered on the fringe or, or conspiracy whack jobs. They've been proven right on like 75% of this shit. Yeah. It's like yesterday's conspiracies are tomorrow's headlines. Yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, I didn't think like, you know, the day that they announced in Illinois that you could, uh, it was up to the businesses if they could uh, wear masks or not in their stores. It was like they started waiting for the other shoe to drop. And right away, it was like Costco and Target and Walmart. Like the three of the biggest ones dropped it right away. Then it was like all the regional chains kind of followed in lockstep. But they were like, they weren't going to be the first ones to do it. And I couldn't wait to go to stores. But never would I have guessed that it would go down the way it did. And what I've learned is that I kind of missed the mask mandate because I could know who my allies were during the mask mandate. Like I was myself, I was a nose hanger. I don't know about you guys. I wore the mask right below the nose. <laughs> not enough to get kicked out, but enough to let everyone else know that I'm not taking this seriously. Then you had the guys that would like, I'm looking to get arrested. They would come in like ready to fight and like looking to make a scene. I was never that guy. But those guys were out there. Then you had the single maskers, the double maskers, 
the maskers with the face shield. And then you have the people that saran wrap their hair. So like, I could tell like levels of craziness who I was dealing with in public. Now I don't know anything. Like I go into a store and it's like, is your mask off because you're vaccinated and you follow every single rule or because you're faking it? And then other people, it's like, are your, is your mask on because you're not vaccinated and you're following the rules? Or is your mask on because you're vaccinated, but you still are scared? So I don't know. And then even my uncle met a guy, big biker guy at a bar, walks into a bar, little dive bar, wearing a mask. And he, my uncle could tell that he was definitely not the kind of person that should be wearing a mask. And he goes, hey, sir, you don't have to wear that in here. He goes, yeah, he goes, I'm leaving it on because I don't want people to think I took the stupid fucking vaccine. <laughs> so yeah, that guy out there. So it's like, I don't know who's who anymore. Like it's, it's so like, it's like a, a bomb went off and we're all like dispersed in these opposite ends of the spectrum. I don't know who my allies are or, or what it's crazy. You can tell there's one tell. And that is uh, if you were in my position, not wearing a mask when 90 plus percent of the store is wearing a mask, people swerve the fuck out of your way. They see you, which is a, it's a superpower. I mean, cause my biggest thing when you're in a Walmart, for those of our listeners that haven't been to a Walmart before, Usually you go in for one thing and there's usually a 55 year old woman on a rascal that weighs about 380 pounds that is parked in front of what you need. So you'd have to reach over her hmm. and, and they, you could walk up and even though you're in their, their field of vision, they still don't go, Oh, I'm excuse me. I'm sorry. And they, they get out of the way. When you go to target, they do that. People go, Oh, excuse me. And they, they get out of the way if they're blocking you. So, when you go to Walmart now, I, I had a, a woman on a rascal. They're 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 pretty much like the same person. So he's a you know age fifty five to sixty, um, obese person on a rascal blocking the one thing that you came there for. And I went in there the other day, and there was a woman blocking the napkins on a rascal. And she she saw me does a double take, her eyes pop open, and she just <laughs> scoots out of there. <laughs> and I'm like the floor, this. Baby. This is incredible. This is the best thing that ever it happened. Is, it's it's really like a superpower. That reminds me, Nick, of we, Nick and I used to both drive ex police cars back in the day. We had Crown Vicks that were unmarked. And yeah, I had that thought. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was that it was a superpower. So I used to, and we I was uh, driving through Rockford, Illinois at the time, and their unmarked Crown Vicks, unmarked meaning no logos, no lights, but just had the push bar and the spotlights, blank white, late nineties Crown Victoria. They had civilian plates in Rockford if you were a detective. So you were a high flyer if you had non-municipal plates. You had to have the same plates as a civilian, which Nick and I had. So Tyler and I were going to uh, our trade school at the time, and I had to take the highway. And I would just set the cruise at like 82, 84, and a 65. Not only was it like you're parting the Red Sea, you hop in the left lane, every car a mile ahead of you ducks right. They see that push bar and the spotlights in the rear view. It's like, do, do, do. Like, you're just like making time everywhere i followed you we'd make it so fast it was a superpower and then on top of that cops would wave to you because they think you're a superior they think you're a detective so these these standard state cops or just city cops would wave as i'm going 20 over and i was just a 20 year old in a red t-shirt driving a car it was incredible like i i I really do miss those days but yeah this is very reminiscent of those times i always wonder I always wonder like being a cop or being a girl who's like a nine or a 10, you have to think 
it has to warp your your view of what human nature is because they just think that oh everybody just acts this way yeah. unless they're in their civilian car and then they realize that oh people drive like assholes so i think cops get it more i think being a really hot girl is probably different than they just think that people are extremely dumb like they just people stutter and they they make intense eye contact when they talk to you that's just how people are you know yeah. could you imagine yeah. could if you imagine any, everyone's just so like, nice if there's yeah, any one so privilege, nice and stupid. If there's any one privilege that really exists, it's pretty girl privilege, regardless of race. Hey, pretty oh, girl hey, privilege. Especially, hey, le- le- especially leave our beloved freedom myths out of this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking like the the real like one out of a thousand beauties, like just the drop dead gorgeous tens. They think that everybody in the world, especially men, they're like, oh yeah, men are just these super nice, stupid creatures. They just they yeah. they just do everything you want them to do and. That has to be their worldview. Like, how would they? I mean, that that's what your experience is, you know. On that note, um, kind of like when you when you go back into a box store now and you see like a pretty girl who's a stranger you never met, like, without being a creep, it's hard to not like double take. It's like I have not seen a pretty stranger in a year. It's weird, you know. It's like I'm not trying to be a creep, but it's like seeing a buck walking through your backyard or just like some sort of uh, like a deer or something. You know, it's like, whoa, this is. I haven't, I've not seen this in a long time. I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but this is, this is a interesting sight. It's like seeing a Ferrari go down the highway or something you don't see daily. Well, you know, as the, uh, the representative of the single community on this podcast, um, I will say that I do not like masks because they hide things. You never know what you're getting into, especially if they got like the full, like bandana or something. It's not good. Oh yeah, the the one uh, class of people that you left out of that that I also fall into when we had the mandates is the neck gator people, mm-hmm. and that I mean they do absolutely nothing. They're easy to breathe in and out of. Yeah. Like there's nothing. But I think there. that's why they wear them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why it's a I way wear around them. the rules, but you can still oh, yeah. like breathe and. Right, right, but you're not getting spittle on people. But uh, yeah, no, that was that's what I was. It was just easy to breathe, and you kind of get used to it. In the winter, it's not bad either because it's like a little scarf around your neck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was. You know, the worst part for me is like I, I don't talk too much about uh, my day job on the podcast, but I basically don't work for the places where I go, but I do go in public and they I'm still required to wear a mask because I'm considered staff when I go into these places of business. Right. So that was kind of a letdown where I saw all the customers don't have to wear a mask, but I did. And I was kind of like, oh, this kind of sucks. But and then I like zoomed out and examined myself, and here I am, pulling up in a Prius, wearing dress clothes, wearing a mask where it's optional. Like I would want to kick my own ass if I saw myself in public, and I'm like, I'm gonna like, kick your ass next time I see you. This is like no one would guess that I host a podcast where we talk about Ancapistan on a weekly basis. Like it is not the best representation of myself. I did, I did find some good news uh, in the current clown world. So, did you guys see that story about the couple that got married on an airplane in the middle of their flight to avoid COVID restrictions? This is no. some this is some serious creativity. So, this couple was really desperate to tie the knot, but they didn't want any of their friends or family to miss the big day. So, what they did is they hired an entire plane because in Currently in India and I believe Bangalore, 
they're only allowed 50 guests. That's max. Well, they hired an entire plane so they could get married in front of all 161 guests. So what they did is there, cause like the social distancing, blah, blah, blah. So the flight took off at, at 7 a.m. with the guest list far exceeding the maximum of 50 people. And then they, uh, they did the whole ceremony right on the plane, mid-flight. I respect the outside-the-box thinking. Yeah. It's brilliant. Because I, I think the airplanes, I mean, they probably still serve drinks and stuff. So you still got, you literally have people pushing the drink cart by. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a video that was uh, kind of similar to that. It was um, a church down south. It was one of like the predominantly black churches. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? Is that, uh, that's not Baptist, is it? What is the... I think a lot of you Baptist. know what I mean? Like, like it, yeah, it might, it might have been Baptist. It might have been Southern Baptist, but it was all these people in a, a Walmart, and they were. It was actually some heartwarming shit. They were like singing, and they were doing like the service in the middle of like the grocery section. And I'm like, hell yeah, because the the local county shut down their church service. So again, outside the box, they made it happen. Yeah, a little Irish democracy. I think. You know, it's it's always times like this that people's creativity and ingenuity comes out, you know, and it's like with anything, you know, every time they, they crack down on one thing, people always find a way, you know, there's, yeah. there's people that found it's the same thing. If they want if they want to do this vaccine passport thing, they best be prepared for tons of people to counterfeit this shit. I think and the ship has sailed on that. I think it has too. I think, yeah, I think they played their cards a little early with saying, the mask, well, but that was all political. It wasn't science. Well, we're going to say in quotations, science-based. It was all political because the economy's shitting out. People are getting pissed over the inflation and people are getting sick of, because people are starting to go, why the fuck did I get this vaccine if I still have to wear a mask and I still can't do anything? If you were honestly listening to that yeah. bureaucratic nightmare known as the C- CDC. Yeah, and um, I haven't seen the clip, but I heard on Tim Pool. They talked about an uh, interview with Fauci on uh, Chris Cuomo's show on CNN where Fredo? Chris Cuomo was saying, like, so why is there no vaccine passport? Like, what's going on here? And Fauci came out and said, like, he admitted defeat, saying that we can't force people to get vaccines. Like, they even said, like, look, we can propaganda till we're blue in the face, but we cannot force. We literally cannot put needles in people's arms against their will. Which well, you know what like, happened. You know what happened is that cocksucker Rand Paul, the uncle of the Pulse to the Wall Boys podcast, he went out there and he he caught me red-handed on the Wuhan lab. So I had to cash out of my position and try to get out of here. So my status is going away. I no longer have the political power. However, I am going to be a monthly regular on The View with Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg, and I'm going to write a best-selling book. It's going to surpass Michael Malice on Amazon, and I'm going to have a legacy and a cult following of being the great hero of the 2020-2021 pandemic COVID SARS-CoV-2 crisis. Okay, all joking aside. I don't want to end up at Guantanamo Bay. As far as the validity of that, I mean, I, I think that's not far off what you just said. Um, just from what you're seeing with these recent kind of uh, congressional grillings of Fauci with uh, Jim Jordan and, and Rand Paul, dude, I think the wheels are coming off and I think the truth is prevailing. And I think a lot of the mask mandate 
being repealed was them trying to backpedal. Cause yeah. I think, I think they overplayed their hand and I don't know this is a complete assertion, just kind of looking at what's happened over the last year. But if it's true about this gain of function research that was funded and overseen by Fauci, that makes him, you know, partly responsible for everything. And then like, was there a backroom meeting where they said, okay, well, I'll go in front of this. I will be the face of this movement and become like the good guy of the whole thing in front of the world. Like I'm the guy that you're going to look to. And I'm going to tell you when it's good and what we got to do and when to go outside. Like it feels like something like that happened where this guy we've never heard of. Did any guys know who Fauci was before the outbreak? No. Is no. he? Well, yeah, he was the guy that went into all the saunas where people with AIDS were hanging out. Well, you would have, if you he probably him, injected him with it. You could have found him if you Googled him because he was not a nobody, but he was not a household name. He's but overnight, crazy. he became the face of the movement, our national physician. No second opinion. He was the guy we had to follow. And I, I feel like that was intentional. Like I feel like there was a conscious decision made that the guy who oversaw this massive fuck up was going to get in front of it and be the good guy to make sure the truth was never brought to daylight. But it's starting to happen. So what do we do? Distract him with UFOs. Pull the masks off. Let's just shake it up a little bit. Yeah. Like that's Israel Palestine. Yeah, it just feels like that's what's happening. And maybe that's maybe. I mean, this is, I have no evidence of this. I'm not trying to pretend that I have any sort of sources that back this up. Just if I was watching this like a movie, that's where I'd be guessing where the plot is going. Dude, I can we I talk gotta, about the can we talk about the UFO that. thing real quick? Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, uh, the source is Rand Paul letting his nuts dangle all over Fauci's forehead. That's what. <laughs> then, then Paul boys, you got to watch out for him. Yeah, yeah. It runs in the family. But um, uh, so can we talk about the UFO things? Because I was always, when it comes to UFOs, I'm, I'm not, I was never like a crazy, you know, UFOs are real, bro. That They got all the crazy shit at Area 51. I was never that guy, but I was always open-minded to it. Like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That was always what it was. But now that the the Pentagon and all of these out saying that, no, no, they're real. We have video and evidence. Since they're saying that, I'm like, okay, guys, look behind the curtain, see what else is going on. Because there's no way like, oh, now they're going to now they're going to give us the aliens. They did the same shit uh, like a year and a half ago. I forgot what, what was going on at the time. I think it was Epstein stuff. The Epstein is one yeah. of the first time they're like, did you guys know we got UFOs? You want to hear some fighter pilots talk about some shit they saw? Huh? Whatever happened to murder hornets? Remember murder hornets? That was going to take over the entire country. Uh, I think that was just a uh, run of the mill bullshit media sensation. I wish, I wish they would have taken over California. <laughs> yeah, they break. They only break out the Israel Palestine and the uh, the UFO shit when they really want to change the conversation. Which, and about a quarter of the idiots will take the bait. Yeah, well, and actually, they're uh, Netanyahu is using this whole conflict because they couldn't form a government over there. So he's doing the same damn thing. He's like, look at these rockets. We got to go blow these guys up. Even though, yeah. like, there's been reports that like the Israelis like fire their own rockets like or they or they a lot like they know the palestinians are gonna like these rockets they fire are just basically like flying firecrackers or pipe bombs yeah but they're like we gotta put on a show so we gotta fire up all the iron dome yeah we gotta we gotta retaliate and hit those three-year-olds back those damn palestinian three-year-olds are always launching rockets the the people that we're holding in a modern day concentration camp 
Right. Yeah. And especially when they're when they're toddlers, you know, what are their parents doing? They should be keeping an eye on them and they should be playing with toys like other regular kids. But instead, they have their hands on some homemade potato uh, gun rockets and they're yeah. shooting them at the IDF and they're a serious threat. So you got to blow I, up the three year olds. That's what I'm saying. Right. I've been feeling more white pilled slash optimistic about all of the COVID stuff. Like, I feel like we, we won the, the uh, COVID passport battle. It's too early to claim victory, but it feels like it would take something massive to pull that off still. So I feel like, and I thought for sure that was, in, when we talked to Vin Armani on that day, I thought for sure that was going to happen. Like I thought there was no way to get out of the way of that freight train. And that thing somehow veered off and we, we seem to have made ourselves in the queer. So I feel very white pilled on the COVID agenda. What I'm terrified about is the economic damage that's been done in the process. Oh, yeah. Um, the government overreach that's not going away. And the media. This new, like, full-on North Korea, blatant, one-sided, nonsense media that we now have from Trump uh, during the election that they decided, like, hey, we're going to throw all of our reputations on the line and we're going to do nothing but propaganda. Like, you that's know- not going to change. For all of my, for all of our Tolkien, um, Lord of the Rings nerds fans out there, uh, basically, I feel right now like we're at the end of episode two <clears throat> after they won the Battle of Helm's Deep, which felt like a long shot. And it's like, hey, all right, this is a, a moment to be happy that we we won this battle. But then you look out and you realize that the real war is like still just yeah. starting. That's where we're at right now. So, like we the the COVID stuff is dying down. We're getting past it, but now. Watch the climate change alarmism kick in any week now. Hundred percent. Did was was Ron DeSantis the guy that came over the hill on the fifth day? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was just in a white robe, just Ron DeSantis. Like, yeah, we're done with masks and lockdowns. Yeah, yeah Fauci, s- Fauci was Saruman. Like he was he was one of the main <laughs> players, but he had to be a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Well, um, you know what's so interesting about that is like if our great grandchildren listen back to these podcasts chronolo- chronologically, like we started this in the day after the election, we've been doing them every week ever since. And they start listening back, trying to figure out what happened after the Trump or Biden election, rather, and into these COVID times. Like they're going to listen to it week to week and, and kind of see, like, how did they know this climate change thing was coming before? Because that didn't happen till like, you know, the 2022. How did they know this is going to happen a year prior? It's like because they're telling us. It's if you're paying they, attention, they play their, they play their, they show their hand every time. Yeah, yeah they throw the feelers out there. You know, yeah. they they always throw the feelers out. They get they they get like a, they're they're almost like a corporation that has a PR team where they yeah. have focus groups and they they go okay, this is pulling at this percent. This rhetoric is selling. People respond favorably to to this phrase, but not this phrase. And th- it's very. Like it's a lot of evil genius shit at work. You know, they, they know what they're doing, but if you pay attention, then you kind of know what's coming. Yeah. And plus we listen to a bunch of podcasts that do all the heavy lifting for us. So I mean, that's what I do. I like to, I like to joke that we're like the B side to like Dave Smith and Pete Quinones, you know, we're the, we're 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 the unedited. We're like the demo version. We're the garage band. You know, we, we cover some, some Dave Smith tunes and some Tom Woods tunes, you know, but we got some originals. Yeah. We're, we're we're like the big bands. We're like the cupcake after the very nourishing, like steak and baked potato dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, like, uh, I, I really think that while we have made some some small victories, I, I do agree with what you, you're 
Lord of the Rings reference there, Nick. I, I think that we need we, and I'm I'm even going to lump in some conservatives here because it's time to grow some fucking balls. I really think it's time to go on the offensive. I I, I don't think I think that you can take a lesson from from the Leninists here, and I think you need to move to destroy these institutions, not in a physical sense, but like in a metaphorical sense. I think that whether that be infiltrating them and changing their messaging or boycotting them or finding ways to troll them into oblivion, whatever it takes, I think that people should celebrate the small victories and then keep pushing forward and well, keep, keep the messaging stern. You know, I, I would say to push the limit as far as you can without getting yourself in, no, you know, a, a slap on the wrist. Well, been, we're talking about offensive policies, offenses yes. going on the offense, right? So yes. I say because conservatives always play defense, and that's why they fucking lose. Hell yeah! And I say mandatory five percent cryptocurrency IRAs for everybody. It's just not even you don't even have the choice. It's we'll have an, uh, an agency like the IRS that just makes sure that your employer's paying into this every week for you and you don't have a choice. So, you know, that's good for our stonks and yeah. uh, you have to own a gun must. Okay. Yes. You have to get high. You have to get high like once a month. Okay. That's that <laughs> one was bad. I threw it out there, but um, no, you just, you force a libertarian lifestyle on everybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. Why are you forcing me to do your weird shit? <laughs> well, I was thinking too, like if, if, you know, the Biden administration wants to keep at this war against uh, fossil fuels, which are the most economical means of energy for the, the average man, if they keep pushing this, next time you change your oil, dump it in your neighbor's lawn. Right like in my fucking grass. <laughs> you I don't just retaliate. You just cut off your nose <laughs> and like, what your the face. fuck, Mike? I thought we were buddies. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm doing oh, it for the cause, fuck man. this environment. <laughs> no, uh, Tyler, I've been thinking about the same process. And, you know, I think um, doing things like, you know, they're going after woke shit and it's like okay well we're gonna go after roe v wade okay we're gonna go after this 2a infringement mm -hmm. okay we're gonna go after political agendas in the classroom like we need to be firing back policy like in a peaceful manner now we're not talking about waging a war or getting violent we're talking about if you're gonna start like forcing legislation for your worldview to be shoved down all of our throats in the corporate world in the classrooms on the television uh you know hollywood etc like we need to have our own offense geared undercutting where they're not looking at every time right but and there's none of that like the, the conservatives are just like they're just doing fucking like tornado drills in the hallway covering their heads like oh come on just let it go away right like it'll pass and, and that's that's what i was gonna say so there currently is a a war on on like what you said the second amendment the biden administration and the atf those fucking unconstitutional bastards have opened up uh the comments you can now on their proposed legislation, you have, I believe, until the end of July to comment. And so anyone listening to this, if you care about this at all, I would suggest going to the ATF's website or uh, Firearm Policy Coalition. You can find them on Instagram or Twitter at Gun Policy. They, uh, they have a link that you can go to and you can leave a comment on, on their proposed rules. And I would recommend don't just pull the conservative route and be like, well, we don't like this. No, if you're going to leave a comment, add some detail explain why it's a violation of rights or will discriminate against groups of people. Because if you say it's going to discriminate, they have to document that on record and it's easier to challenge in court later. Um, but with that, I, I also, I, I agree, Mike, there, 
the conservatives just kind of put their head down and whine about stuff. But I mean, who, who, who in like mainstream conservative journalists has said a goddamn thing besides, well, I, Alex Jones, I'm going to call him mainstream because he's got a big following, but he's not really mainstream and Tucker Carlson, but that's well, it. And the other one is like, uh, this is complete credit to Dave Smith, but like, why is there not one fucking school in the country that said, you know what? We're going to do prayer. We have prayer in our town, in our public schools. Like there's not even the balls to do that anywhere. Not in the South, not in middle America, little farm towns where it's 99% Christian, where everyone goes to church on Sunday. They don't even have the balls to take on the teacher unions. Like, why is that not even happening? And that's why that's why the left wins, because we have the we there's no balls on the right whatsoever when it comes to actually making change. None. And and that's what I mean. Like the libertarians can't do it themselves. We don't have the money. We don't have the the numbers. Uh, We're we're too. And then libertarians are also preoccupied with fighting with each other about who's better between Hans Hermann Hoppe or Murray Rothbard. Um, and I personally, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp that the time for arguing Austrian economics and theory is over and the time to do something is, is now. I, I really think, think we created momentum with vaccine passports, but now it's time to keep the momentum going. And I think that folks in the Mises caucus should not be focused on just getting the word out about liberty. They should be focused on pushing liberty down conservatives throats and and we should really when when this inflation starts manifesting in consumer prices we should have the answers like people should be aware of a bunch of you know there's a bunch of you know that everybody knows some crazy libertarian that has to be talking shit about the fed and money printing and all this stuff and it just makes sense it's you don't have to be the most articulate guy in the world you just have to be right that's it and we have the truth on our side they printed trillions of dollars. They created liquidity and they kept demand hot in an economy where, where supply was diminishing and the result is higher prices. It's not rocket science. We've known about it for centuries. So we need to get ahead of that and educating people on things that really matter. When you go to the gas pump, when you go to the grocery store and you buy beef, when, when all of these things start happening, when you notice that the same item that you buy on Amazon is now 20% higher, there's a reason for that. It didn't just happen. It's not corporations just deciding to be greedier all at the same time. So yeah. just really simple stuff like that. People need to get the word out. You know, what really pisses me off is like for, for my house, um, we're about to cross our one year anniversary living here and the property taxes jumped $400. And why did they jump? Well, because housing values rose, but why did those rise? Because inflation, mm-hmm. it's like, so you guys print the money, create the problem. And then I got to pay through not only losing the value of my buying power, but I have to pay you another tax because now houses are selling mm-hmm. for more on a numerical level. But it's all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't actually mean anything. My house isn't worth more value than it was. Right. Just, and uh, and when and when the market takes a downturn, are they gonna they are they gonna like give you a prorated tax refund? Yeah. Oh, we thought it we thought it was valued twenty percent higher than it was. No, so we're sorry about that. Here's are a check a fucking back. check valve. They go one way and they shut off the other. It never goes down. It only flows yeah. one direction. That's what I mean. They've they've found a way with printing money to consolidate power. They've we're we're slaves, but we, we're like cattle. Like the, the property is, is fenced, but we at least get to graze on the grass, you know? Yep. We're not locked in a pen, but we get, you know, we're, we're still, we're caged, but we just can't see it. And, and that's what, you know, I'm kind of, 
it, it's ridiculous that that people can't see this, but they've they've made it so that all their economic indicators are, you know, spending. That's that's all their indicators: consumer spending, you know, spend, spend, spend. So that that's how they keep up the ruse of printing the money and just locking us all in cages. Yeah. No, it's it's really something, man. And it's I think the uh, the inflation storm is what concerns me the most. The supply chain shortages, um, the people not wanting to work. Um, it's this is the stuff that's not on the news that we all see in our day to day lives. The people listening, they see anecdotal experience of that as well. And I, I really think that's the real uh, epidemic that we're facing. I think covid's you know it's not as dangerous as it was yeah it was very bad for a very fringe demographic of people for a whole year now we're at a point where we have herd immunity we have vaccines and i really think the thing that nobody's going to be immune to is inflation and shortages mm-hmm. and being laid off yeah they they got what they wanted the big pharma sold uh Big Pharma sold all their vaccines, they're liability free, and they transferred a ton of wealth from the working class to the upper echelons. And they they got what they wanted. So the rest, maybe that's why they're letting off the gas, because they're like, well, we can only do so much damage before the mere, the citizenry gets a little angry. So yeah, they, hey they guys, um, uncomfortable. I know that we typically don't do plugs for our stuff, right before the end of the show, but before this escapes me again, I wanted to give people a heads up that I finally have the YouTube and Odyssey pages operational. Just one video so far because video editing is a lot of work and I had to bump my head for a little while to get decent at this. But uh, if you go to YouTube and to Odyssey and just search Paul's to the wall, uh, you will find our channel there. There's just one episode or one video, six minutes was a a clip from the Scott Horton early on episode. Um, If you guys want to, you know, subscribe to our channel and give that video a like to help bump us up. We're going to be posting clips. There just some juicy clips from every episode and then eventually our live streams and everything. So I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. If we get a thousand followers, I'll do an episode in my underwear. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause we have all the video backlogged here. You know, we were just a podcast so far, but now we're going to have uh, we're going to have video and people are going to see how, uh, how just damn good looking we are. So, I mean, I'll speak for myself on that, but, um, yeah, no, it's, we're, we're growing followers <laughs> Yeah. by the end of summer. I'll do an episode in, in my underwear. What else is there to ask for? A, a treat for the freedom mills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to be sheath underwear. Yeah. So, uh, shifting gears, what do you guys make of the whole Bitcoin collapse? I think it's, uh, politically motivated. I think Elon, they got to Elon um, I think that it's, they're using climate change and Bitcoin mining is one big sham. Uh, China cracking down is because Bitcoin is going to become more powerful than all these government currencies. And they can't have a rival currency because it'll disrupt everything because it, it will literally change the game. So if Bitcoin rises and a bunch of nerds like us have played into it, even if you only put a hundred bucks in it, whatever, if it rises and and eclipses the U.S. dollar in some metric or another, they're fucked because now dickheads 
you know, like us, a bunch of autistic idiots are going to be driving around in Lambos and buying houses in cash. Okay. And, and they can't have that. Well, I've and, heard a couple different theories on that. And one is that it was tax season. So people who took out their winnings and started spending it, got a bill and were like, oh shit, I had to pay 30, 40%. Could and be. They, had to, they had to pull a bunch out to pay the tax man. And then I also heard that that AMC and GameStop shit is not over. And this was the head fund or the head funds that were in trouble repositioning to brace for the storm. And I don't know how much credibility there's that story, but I, I have paid a little bit of attention to that, knowing that that AMC and GameStop thing did not go away. They are just trying to kick the can down the road. So I, I don't know if that's they're, tied to they're it. They're trying to starve everyone out. Yeah. But they're bleeding their asshole out in the process, <laughs> trying to, to get it. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know if that's part of it or what, but I haven't repositioned. I, for me, Bitcoin is never a get rich quick thing. It was just a hedge against inflation. So whatever. I mean, if it's, if it sinks down, I'm going to wait two years and see what happens. Wait five years. Who cares? I mean, know? here's, here's the thing though, is like Bitcoin's sitting at 39 K right now. It was like $8,000. Like, 14 months ago. Yeah. So yeah. People need to keep that in perspective before they start panicking. And all of the uh, the rookies that only got into crypto um, as of the last year, which is a lot of people since last March when it started really running, um, this is the first time they've experienced serious volatility where people that have been at it a few years are like, okay, this just happens yeah. from time yeah. to time. You know, Everyone's like, why invest in stocks? Put it in Bitcoin. It goes up every day. It never goes down. Just keep putting yeah, it in Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> It sounded like uh, uh, Norton from uh, the Honeymooners, but um. you know. And the thing is, is like the market right now is very, it, it's it's fake. The the like market science. is, it, it, yeah, it's fake and gay. So if you look at it, like all these people are used to getting like instant gratification gains, because like with the stimmy highs, GameStop. Like all these things, you know, Corn but hub. even just normal stocks. If you look at like, dude, I remember I bought AMD years ago at $9 a share and I sold it at 27 thinking I was big swinging dick. And now I look at it and it was like, what is it like $90 a share or something? Like it's ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying. Like people are only used, used to like massive gains and quick. So like, that's not how the market usually operates. Usually it's a long game. You buy a stock and you hold it for, you know, unless you're doing day trading, you generally hold it for a year, two years, five years, whatever. And now they've got, they got people. Yeah. AMD is $77 a share. Right now. So like, it's just crazy. Like these people are recognizing insane gains. Everyone thinks they're an expert investor now. Mm-hmm. Like I've had more people hit me up about everything, crypto, stocks whatever in the last like six months to a year than i ever have before yeah and i'm and not you know, that, i'm not that vocal about it like on social media i mean i'll exactly. share some articles or something but well you know i i tell my wife like you know we we're when i first put the stimmy checks into that i was like i'm gonna hedge against I was like if they're using this money to destroy my currency i'm gonna use it to hedge against inflation so i put it into bitcoin and as it went up i was like look this appears to have been a good move and she's like oh that's awesome and i was like don't start remodeling the kitchen. I was like, this could go to zero tomorrow. Like this money doesn't exist till we pull out and then we got to pay capital gains on it. So just chill. This is a long-term game. 
And I think a lot of people did not have that mindset. I think it was kind of like, oh, wow, this is the fastest money I've ever made. This is so easy. I did no work and just like doubled what I put in there. And then it all comes down on top of them and they get scared and they bail and they lose their ass rather than riding the storm out. You only lose money if you sell. Right. And also, this is not financial advice. I'm it, <laughs> every every podcast. I'm a smooth brain. That. <laughs> I'm a smooth brain. You just said science is fake and gay a minute ago, and it's like, oh, these guys are great financial advisors. <laughs> Let's listen to them. Yeah, we shouldn't be listened to about any serious personal life advice. You know, I never no. said that you should. Yeah. Except I'm not making a role babies. Model. I'm pretty good at making babies. That's the only thing I really got in life. I don't see. I got nothing. I'm not a role model. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, it's I honestly that's what I think that people in the liberty movement should be ready for is I think that when the shit hits the fan, when we're p- going up shit creek with no paddles, that's when we need the crisp messaging and and ready to take advantage not let the crisis go to waste. There is some lessons to be learned from the neoliberals, and that's one of them. I think that, you know, if you look at any any a moment in history where there's been significant change, whether political or revolutionary change, it's always when shit gets bad. So this is going to come down because the, the Marxists and those monsters are pretty good at what they do. And I think the people in the liberty movement need to have their messaging ready for that moment. We need to get El Pulpo on Joe Rogan when yes. it hits the fan. Yes. Yes. He's going to be yes. talking about head-kicking politicians, and people are <laughs> going to be like, libertarians got it, anarchists. That's the answer. <laughs> That's right. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about, um, I mean, I, I don't mean to shift gears off El Pulpo. He's great. You guys should all check him out. Give him a follow. Um, as far as, like, uh, Jordan Peterson, this has been something that's kind of been on my mind lately. Nick brought it up to me, too. Does he appear to be bending the knee? Yes. For what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing. Jordan Peterson has been a huge positive influence on my life. I'm not trying to negate that or um, belittle his legacy. And I can't judge being the fact that he became a celebrity in his 50s, not looking for it. It sprung upon him in an extremely controversial way. He became the poster child of controversy and it seems to have really dismantled his life and, and all the wealth that he's gained off of it and the notoriety and the fame seems to be really breaking him, which is really sad, especially with someone who's so strong and such a preacher against this kind of struggles in life. So well, it's hard to watch, but damn, it, it really hurts. I, I was listening to an uh, interview of his with uh, Russell Peters recently, and I don't listen to a lot of his um, anymore, Jordan Peterson's. I don't think he's a very good interviewer. Um, and I think since he's come back from Russia, he hasn't really been the same guy. And he, uh, he was talking to, first of all, his daughter does the interviews with him now, which is just kind of a little annoying. Like she doesn't, she just kind of chimes in and gives her two cents on everything. And it's like, well, that's you know, what I do here. Yeah, I was gonna say that's me. <laughs> but it's like, you know, Michaela, you're not the one um who rose to superstardom. So people are listening to hear your dad, not you, and you're talking like half the time, you know, and it's it's he he seems like very meek and just kind of uh 
weak. Like, I don't know how to put it, but he just doesn't seem. Yeah. I mean, he, he talked, he posted about like getting the vaccine and stuff and he just seems like scared all the time. If that's, I'm, I'm like looking for the right words to describe it, but yeah, he just seems like, like a shell of himself. Yeah. Broken. He's like reek from game of Thrones. Yeah, and he never he never posted the uh, My name's maybe Reek. We're, maybe we're, we're jumping the gun on this, but he never posted the Michael Malice interview. Yeah, well, I guess he sits on me. Tyler gets it. You have no idea. I don't. I don't get your nerd shit. Dude. <laughs> in, in, in Game of Thrones, the one character uh, um, Theon, Theon like, he gets he gets captured, and the one other like prince king guy like humiliates him and he cuts his dick off and he like tortures him for months and he breaks him and he was like a warrior. And then now it's like, he made him like his servant bitch. And he's like, and he, he, he's like, his name was Theon Greyjoy. And he's like, he's like, tell them your name. And he's like, my name's Reek. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not that bad. Like Jordan Peterson, he's just a little shell of himself. And here's the other thing you can't, negate obviously there's no evidence of this it's like but but what if he was threatened what if they told him to stand down like why did he post his vaccination thing publicly knowing that would divide his following in half do you like, think i wonder if these people are getting paid well i think it's yeah i think it's i think it's a threat and a uh reward right. you know well well who wouldn't break if someone said like they threaten your children or your grandchildren like any human being would break Dude, if they give me, if they give me enough in gold, not U.S. dollars, I will tell everyone that I know, everyone that I see on the street, to get vaccinated. Yeah, I oh, I got it. a price. I got a price. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't need to take it, but I'll be the. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be Moses delivering the message, splitting the Red Sea if they want me to. Whatever. Hell yeah. Everyone's got their price. Well, anything you guys want to close on? I think it's going to be a little shorter episode. Um, Nick and I both had very long days. I don't know about you, Tyler. You got a move going on, though, right? You're coming oh, back home. Yeah. Too. Oh, it's ridiculous. I guess. Which yeah, be great. I we might be able to do our first in-person podcast within the next two months. I'm very, very optimistic that we can pull that off. Hell yeah. Not sure where it'll be, but I got the equipment. I got the tech. I don't know if we got yeah. the scheduling because Nick's and mine conflict very heavily. But I'm excited. I think we make it happen. Oh yeah. So I mean, if nothing else, we're going to do it at Freedom Fest. So yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. July 21st through 24th, Rapid City, South Dakota, at Pulse to the Walls with a Z on Twitter, and at Schlitz underscore Beer for Tyler. So and Pulse space two space the space wall on YouTube. We do have a. A YouTube video finally go check it we out do, guys. we got one and we're gonna have more we're gonna it's actually out all very the gems. very good all joking aside it's a very good video go I check took it out. a lot of time I took a lot of time it was uh Scott Horton talking about uh propaganda and uh how the mainstream media uses rhetoric and I I edited it with like clips to throw in like what he's talking about you know kind of jump cutty with with references nice. so it's, it's 99% cool. great because it's Scott Horton one percent because Nick added some things in there so yeah <laughs> go check it out uh please rate and review the show i see we got a couple more five-star reviews i really appreciate that guys and uh yeah please keep doing that that helps us get more uh get bumped up in the algorithm on on itunes and gets us more viewers so thank you peace yeah. comment on the atf atf <laughs> thanks